Hey guys, welcome to Chef Grace's Place. Today we have uh, Samantha Milner, who is pretty much the kitchen gadget queen. And uh, she has a website called Recipe This, where she teaches you how to cook with kitchen gadgets. Now as a chef and a kid who grew up in the 90s, <laughs> um, in America, it was like such a big culture for like the as seen on TV. Uh, kitchen gadgets. So that's what I think of when I think of kitchen gadgets. And I just remember, you know, when my mom would buy them for me, that I was always, I was pretty much always disappointed because they always did one specialized thing. And then the thing was probably made in China and it broke like two times after he used it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'd love uh, to hear more about your view on kitchen gadgets and how they've definitely evolved since the as seen on TV days. So, um, and I also want to know why, how did you get involved in just doing kitchen gadgets? Like how to cook with that? Well, when I, when I started out, uh, we used to have uh, blogs before we started recipethis.com and one of the sites that we had actually focused on uh, review sites for gadgets and we noticed how much the popularity was uh, for useful information for things like the KitchenAid, uh, the Hamilton Beach brand and uh, quite a few similar brands and we were kind of getting bored from running from um, running multiple blogs at the same time and not really feeling like anything felt um, like a long-term job, as you would say. Um, so we decided that uh, the best place for us was with the kitchen gadgets. We'd also um, had a diet site at the time and we'd noticed um, how much in demand the air fry was um, for both for the healthy user and the not so healthy user. So when we started recipethis.com, the idea was that we would focus on the air fryer and it's kind of evolved from there I mean, we do the air fryer, the instant pots, um, slow cooker, soup maker, bread maker, blender, um, sous vide, and a few other things. And it's just kind of gone crazy. But I understand where you're coming from because I remember the 90s too. I don't know how old you are, Grace. I don't like to ask a lady your uh, age. But I'm 29. I don't, I don't mind. Oh, you're a lot was, younger than me then. But I always wanted to be a chef. So anytime there was a food thing yeah. on TV and it was like, Call, call right now and you can get, you know, 10 for 20. I'm like, mom, we have to call right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, for me, I'm 38. And I always remember um, in the 90s, uh, my mom and dad had an RV and they were like, I, I grew up in England and RVs was not a thing in England. Still not really that much. So we were the only one in, um, I'd say, within six towns that had an RV. And we used to go to the RV show and there was always someone demonstrating the latest kitchen gadget. And you could see my mom right at the front of the um, people buying whatever it was. It went home. It never got used, but she would <laughs> buy it. You know, I'm thinking like the um, the weird spiralizers that never seem to work. You know, <laughs> the ones are an, always an ice cream maker as well. I don't know how many ice cream makers she had but she never once made me ice cream with it <laughs> so yeah my uh 
there was this it was kind of like the avon lady you know like a mary Kay like makeup person yeah instead of makeup it was uh like kitchen tools it was called the pampered chef i don't know if they're still around but i still that's the one brand that i still have a couple things that will like they'll last me forever like a couple paring knives and stuff like that but i remember they had the spiralized uh it was like an apple core and uh, to take the skin off for thanksgiving and um I feel like everyone who had one just, you know, they did it like once or twice and they never did it again. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, with the kitchen gadgets that we've got, I don't think there is really one that falls under that. I think the issue is that a lot of people that buy the instant pots, especially the older generation, they are quite frightened of it because they remember pressure cookers uh, blowing up when they had them in the 1960s, which technology obviously has come on a long time, a long way since then. But that's what they remember. So there's a lot of them that buy them and are just too frightened to get them out of the box. And then there's the other end who use them and use them like six or seven times a day and thinks that they're the best things in sliced bread you know so there's no in-between ground i don't think with the gadgets of today so you focus on pretty much i wouldn't even i mean i don't know that i would even call like an instapot a gadget or a, a air fryer to me i it's like it's like they're kind of like crossing the boundaries of kitchen tool and kitchen gadget, if that makes sense to me. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, you know, to me, a kitchen gadget is something that makes it easier to um, do that. Um, but I think the other thing is kitchen gadgets have this association with stuff that you buy at a fair and that you don't use again. And yeah, the air fryer and the instant pot, the everyday use, like the bread makers, everyday use, you know? I'm still not a fan of bread makers, but I think that's um, just because I'm a pastry chef. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I think that would be a hard one to sell me. But uh, I do, I have seen a couple that I'm like, okay, I like, I could see the, for like breads that are not um, like that are more like cakey, like they seem like yeah. they work really well, but uh, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna make a great like an amazing sourdough in a bread maker. <laughs> like there's kind of things that you know what I mean. But I do the idea of it is very cool. I like that. Um, but I have I. I think I have like the, I think, I don't know if it's the real version of the Instapot or if it's like a like scaled down version of the Instapot. Yeah. Um, but I use it all the time to make rice, but you're talking about it being a pressure cooker, which I don't know if everyone who's listening to this understands what um, an old fashioned pressure, pressure cooker was is like. And even to this day, we're in um, like an industrial kitchens. If you have an industrial like pressure cooker, like a very big one, you really have to keep an eye on it. And it's got like this little uh, gauge on the top that like rattles. And you yes, to... well, that's the same as what we would call an old fashioned pressure cooker. 
Um, they're also known as stovetop pressure cookers as well. So it's basically the ones that you do on the stove rather than an electric alternative. Yep. But what you're describing there, um, they still have uh, some of those for sale now, the ones that you, you're talking about in the professional kitchens, like Hawkins is their biggest brand for that. Um, but with the Instant Pot and other brands of electric pressure cookers, it's it's about the ease that you can walk away from it. You can leave the room. You know, they do a lot of different things. It's not just one button on the machine, you know. It's the, it's the handiness of it. I took um, my Instant Pot with me, uh, travelling around Europe um, for eight weeks, and I literally cooked out the Instant Pot for every meal for eight weeks, bar going out out for a few meals everything was done in it um my son who's just turned four he was um just short of two at the time when we went so we used it to warm up his milk as well my husband used it to make his coffee and in the morning and um where we were staying we were camping in a tent uh, throughout the holiday as well so it it got gave me the chance to get to know it on a different uh, it's like uh, I'm sure you'd appreciate this as a chef perfect you have the better you get in using something you know and I would say I was confident with the instant pot uh, when I went traveling uh, especially when you were away with no fridge no freezer no pantry you have to cook on very weird, limited ingredients. And <laughs> it really teaches you a lot more about cooking than you <laughs> than you had before. So when you were cooking with the Instapot, um, did you, sorry. <laughs> so how do I say this? Do you, Oh, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, I got distracted because you're, you froze again and. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> anyway. sorry. But uh, so when you were, you were camping and then, so where you were in an RV, is that how you plugged it in or? No, no, we were in a tent. Uh, we were on the electrical supply. Uh, when you camp in Europe in a tent, you're on, um, often on campsites and you'll get electrical unit for each um, each camper so it'll be like an extension cable where you can plug into up to four plugs in at once um, so that's how we did it so we kind of cooked inside or outside the tent um, we uh, we went around eight European countries so we visited places like um, the Black Forest in Germany um, Euro Disney in Paris um, we went to England in it, um, all across Spain, um, Luxembourg, and um, I, I remember um, how much fun it was camping uh, in Belgium as well and in the Netherlands, as you call it, because us Brits, we call it Holland. Um, though, <laughs> though my limits was tested when we were camping in Spain and it was uh, the equivalent of about 120 degrees. Now that was a killer. That's that's very hot. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I said I want to go home. Eight weeks is long enough because we were going to go for ten weeks, and when it got hot like that, I thought I can't take any more. I need my air conditioning back. 
so what were your favorite meals that you made while you're camping um it was it was it was strange because we were on so many different ingredients they want they weren't necessarily what i would cook at home per se uh for example um what i i'm british i'm uh, living in portugal and one of my complaints is that I see these American food bloggers with these amazing ingredients and we just can't get them in Portugal. So I remember getting really, really excited. The yellow zucchini summer squash hole in there and steaming it in there and thinking it was, it was the best thing in the world because I'd never eaten them before. And I've got, I've got them in France. I, um, I used it... Um, they have a certain type of tomato soup that they make in um, in the Netherlands. So we got some of their lovely soup packs and it was kind of tomato soup uh, with meatballs served in it and cooked in it at the same time. So that was absolutely delicious. We did a lot of one pot meals and um, one memory I have is um, we were they're not very summery foods these, I may add, which sounds terrible considering we're traveling in the summer. Um, we went to this beautiful market in France and we had, um, a, I think you would call it a ham shank um, in America. And we had some of those and they were absolutely delicious. And we went, we had some uh, fresh uh, French baguettes. And then I used the, um, the ham bones that were left over to make um, a lovely um, stew and soup for us the next day. And that was really nice. And it was just so nice to be in France and being able to get all the fresh ingredients that you have in France that you just don't get anywhere else. Yeah, I do. I miss, uh, I used to go to France quite a lot because um, before the pandemic, I was working as an international flight attendant. So that was one of our stops. And uh, I just used to, I basically would get off the plane and the hotel we stayed at had a small village behind it. And I would go and get my baguette and my charcuterie and like my whatever like fruit or whatever they had there and like a thing of cheese and you get a bottle of wine for like $2. It was amazing. <laughs> amazing. But uh, that's what is like, since you have all the gadgets, like you're, you also mentioned before that your husband is a chef. So his, um, I bet he has some views on some of the gadgets on your uh, recipe this. And um, what is it like, like daily, like not when you're camping or traveling the world, like what do you meal have like a set meal prep schedule? Do you um, have like, okay, now I got this going in the Instapot and this going in the air fryer and this going in the bread maker. How do you prep for your food? Well, um, let's take for example, what me and my husband had for lunch today. Um, we love these organic chicken burgers uh, that we buy from our local butchers. So we had those running in the air fryer for lunch um, while we had some vegetables uh, steaming in the Instant Pot. You see, uh, when, you, um, when you cook your vegetables, as I'm sure you're aware as a chef, when you, just, when you just boil them, they taste awful, you know, compared to steaming them and such like. 
So you can then steam your vegetables in the instant pot and then serve them with the burgers. And then uh, for our non-gadget use, my husband will be making some poached eggs on the stove top to go with them. And that was what we had for lunch today. Uh, for meal prep, what I love to do is I love to um, peel and dice lots of sweet potatoes into sweet potato cubes. And then I save them in a big Ziploc bag in the fridge and they're perfect for air frying because the little sweet potato cubes, you just have to season them with a bit of salt and pepper, your favourite dried herbs and about a teaspoon of extra virgin olive oil. And they have the crisp on them that fries have and they're lovely. And we tend to have them a lot as a side dish. For evening meals, one of our favourites, because we're a family of five and it's the perfect size for us, is kind of the smaller whole chickens because you can cook a whole chicken in an air fryer. And compared to, yeah, uh, compared to how much butter you would add, say, if you're roasting a chicken in the oven or if you're roasting a turkey, you know what it's like. You end up putting all the lovely butter under the skin, don't you? And, you know, it can, can become quite high calorie on the skin. Um, you're just uh, massaging the skin with a little bit of extra virgin olive oil I think to do a whole chicken you're probably using the equivalent of about a tablespoon of olive oil and then after you've done that you're seasoning it with say some salt pepper um, mixed herbs that kind of thing or Italian seasoning as you would call it and then uh, when you air fry those you do it breast side down first and then breast side up and it's kind of 25 minutes on each side and you've got a beautifully crispy whole chicken. And they're very similar in uh, crispiness and tenderness to when you buy a rotisserie chicken from the supermarket. So we tend to have that a lot. And then when it's finished cooking, um, the husband will chop it up into the legs, the thighs and whatnot. And, you know, I always have breast. <laughs> You know, the kids will argue over who's getting a drumstick to who's getting a thigh and it will have that. And then at the same time, we'll probably put some uh, vegetables or some fries in one of the air fryers. And then we've got uh, chicken, vegetables and fries for a family dinner. And it's a lot less calories than what it'd be like if, say, you were using a deep fryer or cooking that kind of thing in the oven. And I would say we have a whole chicken maybe three times a week. And what we tend to do is at our local supermarket, they often have whole chickens on their reduced section, you know, must be eaten within X, X date. And we will then uh, throw a load of those into the freezer when they're on special offer. And then we'll store them the night before and then they're perfect for a quick dinner. So we have that for dinner a lot. And then... We um, can also use the Instant Pot for quick soups, you know. Um, it, they really don't take long um, to cook in the Instant Pot. Um, I think the general time is, unless you're putting something like lentils in that has a longer cook time or if you put in uh, lots of meat in, a vegetarian soup only takes four minutes of actual cook time in the Instant Pot. So that's very fast for a, a family dinner. Or for tonight, uh, we have some uh, chicken drumsticks and chicken thighs in the air fryer. And I've also um, put on some soup in our soup machine as well. So it's nice to have that mix. And we live on 
on the Mediterranean. So we do tend to eat healthy. We don't tend to eat many processed foods. So we do tend to have a diet that's very much uh, the meat and vegetables uh, way of life. Yeah, I mean, Portugal is definitely a place that I want to visit. Growing up, there was a, I grew up in New Jersey and in um, Newark, New Jersey, there's a Portuguese festival every year. They do all the uh, Portuguese food. They do the big, uh, my favorite is actually the, I don't like canned sardines, but I love the the big fresh ones. Those are really good. (laughs) What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you um, how you wound up in Portugal. Um, I think it, we were at a point in our life where we were sick of, uh, sick of England um, and we just fancied a change and with having an internet business you can work anywhere where there's internet um, and we moved here the summer of 2008 and, and now we're doing a U-turn and we're returning to England next year. <laughs> Is your husband uh, Portuguese or English or...? English, English. We're both uh, British born. Do you speak Portuguese? Um, I, I speak enough to get by and do basic conversation. Uh, but because I'm always in the office working, it's you need that um, being in the Portuguese work environment for it to really be um, good Portuguese. My son, though, speaks excellent Portuguese. Um, he's been through the English, uh, not the English, sorry, the Portuguese educational system. So he's been in Portuguese schools since he was seven. So And he's now 19. So his Portuguese is amazing. I can't tell the difference between him and his Portuguese friends. That's good. Well, we're going to tell the yeah. difference uh, when he moves back to England now, huh? <laughs> yeah. So what part of England are you moving to? Uh, back to Yorkshire. Yorkshire? Cool. I don't know anything about Yorkshire. I just know Yorkshire pudding. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, don't worry. We'll make sure we eat plenty of those. Yes, um, Yorkshire is um, it's known for its beautiful countryside, its Yorkshire puddings. Um, the British scone uh, was very popular in Yorkshire as well. Uh, there's a lot of tea rooms that sell the uh, sell the beautiful fresh scones with the clotted cream and the jam. That's very popular in Yorkshire. So it seems like you love the countryside. Do you do any uh, like gardening or farming or like that for your Instapot? No, we haven't got that kind of land to be able to do that. Uh, it's a three-bedroom semi-detached house, so it's it's not big. But we do have this beautiful village with amazing views of the mountains and things like that. So it's nice and peaceful. It's just um, when you've been out in the countryside for too long, I'm craving the uh, the town life where you know you could just walk to the shops. I'm missing that now. I get it. I get it. I uh, where I grew up, I could walk down the street and get you know, whatever I needed. And uh, now I'm in an area where you, you really do need a car to get anywhere. I think the closest, I mean, the grocery store is not that far. It's only um, it's probably about like a over a little over a mile. So you could walk it if you really wanted to. But, um, you know, I have done it before. But if you have to get like a lot of stuff, it's not great. 
<laughs> you know. But, yeah. I'm a I'm a non-driver, and the nearest uh, town to us, with a supermarket for groceries, is about seven miles away. Mm. Which isn't isn't too far, but it'd just be nice to be able to actually walk to the shop myself. You know, and get a few bits. I'm craving some independence. Yeah, but the uh, do they do a lot of bikes in Portugal? Sorry, say that again. They do a lot of uh, bicycles because I remember this is a funny story. <laughs> so I was in uh, Copenhagen one day, and mm -hmm. I uh, we went to this restaurant where um, it's, I guess it's more common in Europe where they sit you like on a almost like a picnic table, and you're everybody's like right next to each other. Um, yeah. So we got uh, seated next to these two Portuguese guys that had invented a, a electric uh, bicycle, like where it wasn't electric in the sense of um, like you would like motorized. It was electric, like as you pedaled, it would it would assist yeah. you, but it also had enough electricity to charge your phone. So you could still have your GPS, <laughs> which is really cool. Uh, but they're from Portugal. So I was wondering, because in Copenhagen, they actually have lanes built between like the sidewalk and the car lanes that are, and they're not like just painted on the road, they're actual lanes for bicycles. And um, it's just amazing because it's so cold there, but everyone still rides their bicycle everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> So they were trying um, to sell it to the city of Copenhagen. That's, um, that's very big in, uh, yeah, it, that's very popular in the, the Netherlands is the most um, famous place for that in Europe. Yeah, uh, you know, when you see it, it's like, oh, all these bikes out of nowhere. <laughs> like, where did they all come from? And there's more bikes than there is cars in the, in the Netherlands uh, when we go there. And Belgium, it's the same. Do they have that culture in Portugal or no? No, they don't. They don't. Um, they've never had it here like that in Portugal. Um, when you see people with bikes, it's normally down the local park like it would be in England or America. It doesn't have that kind of culture to it. Um, but it does have the out outdoor eating a lot. You know, like um, you mentioned, the whole sardines. Uh, there's plenty of restaurants here. Um, where it's kind of um, whenever I mention it to my American friends they always say it's the same price as a value meal at McDonald's because it's that cheap the eating out here in Portugal um, you'll get um, the most the most popular in Portugal is what they call uh, piri piri chicken which is very sim similar to what the Nando's brand sells so it's kind of Spicy chicken in marinated in a tomato sauce that's thrown on the barbecue and it's always served with a Mediterranean salad and a portion of fries or with um, some uh, garden rice. And the alternative to that is instead of having the piri piri chicken, you can also have the sardines that are put on the barbecue as well or instead of whichever you prefer. 
So that's that's the setup. And uh, if you were to convert it into dollars, I would say that it was about um, $9 per person. And that would also include um, starting your meal with bread, olives. And another favorite in Portugal is garlic carrots, where the carrots have been uh, steamed or sauteed in some garlic butter and then, and then gone cold, a bit like the popularity of the, of the cold tomato soup in, in Spain. It's kind of like a, a Portuguese culture thing. And um, the carrots are absolutely delicious. And we always fight over who gets the last one. So you'd start your meal with your bread, your olives and your carrots, and then you'd choose between piri-piri chicken or sardines, and they'd be served with chips or rice and salad. And then they'd come round with uh, some dried fruit afterwards, normally figs, because figs is the fruit of Portugal. And um, all that would be about $8 to $9, eight to $9 um, for, a, for a meal. And uh, as you've mentioned before, the wine's ridiculously cheap. So even with wine, I used to look at our bill when we left thinking, that can't be right. What they missed off? <laughs> you know, they must have missed something off the bill. <laughs> you know? And when they, when, uh, and they won't let you tip either. They absolutely hate tipping. They think of it as an insult here. So, you know, <laughs> it's a ridiculously cheap meal. Uh, but it's lovely and it's so nice because it's outside and most of the restaurants have got a really nice view, whether it's the beach, the river or whatever. And it's just it's just really nice. I don't I, I don't know how I'm going to cope back in England because you don't have these lovely cheap meals. It's like yourselves. It's cheap meal is McDonald's, you know, which is a shame that there isn't more beautiful homemade food at a cheap price, isn't it? Well, I think that a lot of people are are figuring out how to do it now because I'm sure um, that with the COVID situation that everyone is trying to learn how to, you know, learn a little bit of the basics. And I'm sure that's yeah. really increasing the business of the Instapot and the air fryer, you know? <laughs> well, you know, uh, even though I prefer healthy food, our... Um, most successful uh, recipe during uh, lockdown um, was how to reheat frozen fish and chips in the air fryer. And it would always be ridiculously popular on a Friday night, which uh, all the Brits, they love fish and chips supper on a Friday night and so do the Australians. So, you know, that seemed to be what, what seemed to take off during lockdown. Which is silly, isn't it? Yeah. The other thing that does really well in the air fryer, my um, my uncle has an air fryer, but I think it the uh, tray in his is smaller, like shorter. Um, but he yeah, it's uh, steaks in it, and he loves it. That's like his favorite thing to do. But they come out really good because of the uh, the fan. It really sears the outside of the steak really well. He gets like a perfect medium rare every time. He's very proud of it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But what I found, which I, I think is this, I find this ridiculous, even to be saying this out loud. But one of our readers said, can you cook frozen steak in the air fryer? And I'm like, well, haven't you got to pound your steak to make it good before you cook it and things like that? Um, so my husband, who's the chef, he put it in. And what he did is he cooked it at lower temperature with it still being frozen. 
and because of the extra time that it was cooking for because it was cooked from frozen it had more sear time so it was actually better and more delicious because it'd been in there for longer and it still came out medium rare and I couldn't believe how tender it was I thought this is going to taste disgusting you can't possibly cook steak from frozen uh, but it, it worked and it tasted really good and the other thing we did is um, I know a lot of our readers they love uh, surf and turf and when you cook your steak in there you can cook it on one side and at the point of turning it over add in some uh, some shrimp and cook it with the steak and that is lovely too what cut of steak did you use for that experiment sirloin sirloin i'm gonna tell my yeah. uncle about it have him try it out yeah yeah yeah, it was, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I think it's because of it's cooking longer. Yeah, you said that you know? uh, he turned it down a little bit. What, uh, what temperature or setting did he put it on? I'll give you the link and then you can put it in the show notes if you want. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll put it in the description of the video for everyone who's listening to wants to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it, it really is nice. But I think it's because it cooks for longer, just like uh, when you sous vide steak, you're cooking it at a much lower temperature for longer uh, compared to when you just pan fry in the steak. I know my husband, um, he loves cooking and he's like, uh, where is that? I want to cook everything in the kitchen gadgets he's more practical and he's like saying well even though those things are better in the kitchen gadgets I'm still you know and I think the first thing he got excited over um which still makes me laugh now is um you know the condensed milk that you can turn into caramel yeah um it takes I can't remember how long he says it takes uh, maybe about four hours on the stove top when you're covering it with the water and whatnot well, in the instant pot, they cook times down to 40 minutes. So that it, that was his first moment that as a chef, he says, this is fantastic because he was doing a banoffee pie and it really uh, sped up his, his cooking time. So he, he loves um, things like that. Um, and he loves the um, pan fried chicken in the air fryer instead, you know, because it's hands free. So you can then be using your stove for something else or you don't have to be in the kitchen while it's cooking. So he's he's more thinking of it from a time point of view of how much time you can knock off by doing something in the instant pot or the air fryer compared to traditional methods. Or another one of his favourites um, is he's always roasted me butternut squash in the oven, you know, where you don't chop it up and you just put a, a butternut squash hole in a bit like when you're doing a baked potato and then you serve it with however you like it. Well, they, the butternut squashes here are quite big, so it would take about an hour and 20 minutes in the oven here, which is forever, isn't it, when you're just wanting them for lunch? And he took that to the Instant Pot instead, and he got the cook time down to 50 minutes. So, I mean, that was another one of his favourites. Um, and with the Instant Pot, when you actually bake it um, in the Instant Pot, you're actually steaming it. And then when you go to eat it or when you're pressure releasing, 
you can uh, the seeds just fall out whereas you know like when you're trying to remove them when it's a raw butternut squash it can it can be an effort can't it or some of them end up somewhere else and they don't come out as quick as you want them to but when they've been steamed they kind of come out all in one goat on one spoon and it's just it's just a brilliant time saver I think a lot of it is about saving time you know I have um, a soup machine it's very popular among the British people who aren't really into the electric pressure cooker so it suits them more and when you cook a soup in a soup maker you know the capacity is small you can only do enough for two bowls of soup and the cook time on it's 30 minutes but you can take that same soup to the instant pot and you can make triple the amount of soup uh, in four minutes so you know for me a lot of it is I'm a mum I've got kids to feed food to get on the table and that and I'm just always thinking of them from how much time I could save um, like for example you comment about the bread maker when you've been a chef not being really that into it um, what we love because uh, I love baking too it's one of my passions is that say if you want to make dinner rolls and you decide it last minute because my husband's saying are oh, you making soup I'm only eating soup if there's some bread and we haven't got any <laughs> he can literally throw in the uh, ingredients into the bread maker for bread rolls and you do as ready in 23 minutes it's that quick and then you're literally rolling them and throwing them in the air fryer to air fry fresh bread I mean it's so much quicker if you think compared to there's no proving of it to do you know so you do notice that when you are using the bread maker if you uh, if you have batches to do like you can only do like four bread rolls at once that while you're waiting for the next batch the other bread rolls have, uh, have grown a bit you know, because they're still proving as they sat around. <laughs> so you end up with some that look huge and some of them that look medium or small, you know. But I'm not a big bread maker user because um, I eat gluten and it makes me fat. <laughs> Simple as that. You know, like many people, you know, I try not to eat too much of the stuff, but I kind of have about a handful of six or seven recipes that, I, that are fantastic, you know, just for everyday cooking for when you want to get it out. You know, like making pizza dough is another one. Uh, flatbread is very good in there as well. I know um, it's become a trend to make flatbreads out of just yogurt and self-raising flour, uh, you know, but it's very, very sticky as the dough because it's kind of one of these weird trends that a chef hasn't made. It's just been a home cook doing, so it's not logical. Uh, so when you're dealing with that kind of dough you don't really want your hands in there that it's just easier just to put those two ingredients in the bread maker and you're kind of done so that's what I think of when I'm using the kitchen gadgets sorry I think my boyfriend's coming on hey I'm just supposed to be at work <laughs> sorry lunchtime I guess <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's weird you saying that when it's nearly our dinner time. <laughs> Back over here. Okay. <laughs> so, um, sorry, I forgot where we were. I got a distraction. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking about what time savers the gadgets was. Yeah, it really is a time saver. And that's like, to I think as a chef, like that's when you're cooking that's exactly the thing you're working against like you're like I'll have four or five things going at once and I have to time them all perfectly 
and that so if you can invent a gadget that's like like i use my i use my instapot for rice mostly to uh to like cook giant like batches of rice like a rice cooker basically um but you were talking about doing the uh dolce de leche the sweetened condensed milk in there and yeah I think that's brilliant because i remember when uh people first started doing that you, you do that on the stove it's like four hours but if you forget about it they'll explode and it's very dangerous yeah <laughs> so to be yeah. able to do that on something electric that is going to turn off by itself and you don't have to worry about it like that's the whole that's like you know great because it's a lot safer and it it's 40 40 minutes like that's amazing you know i gotta try that oh it is it it is it is and um the the thing about it is that i recommend it as uh, the first recipe that i think people should cook when they get an electric pressure cooker because a lot of people are um, they're not necessarily all good at cooking and, uh, you know, the instant pot, it frightens a lot of people because of it going to pressure. Like, And when you first get an instant pot, you're always told to do the water test first to see if it's working, which is really just boiling some water in the instant pot. So after you've done that, you know, you just add your can of condensed milk in minus its wrappings. And, you know, it just kind of gives them that confidence of, Oh, is that it's as easy as that, is it, to cook something or to make something in the instant pot? Because a lot of it is actual fear with them. Oh, so you actually you don't put the whole can in, you just put the the thing in. I was gonna say, because that's a pressure cooker, but uh Yes, yes, you still put the whole can in, you just take the wrappings off it, you know, like it always has the paper wrappings around it, doesn't it? Oh, the paper, okay. All right. So you, you take you do it exactly the same as you would on a stovetop, as in um, you take the wrappings off the condensed milk, you uh, place it in the water and you make sure it's submerged in the water and then you put the lid on the pressure cooker. Wow. And you have a link to that? I'll definitely put that one in. Yes, yes, I could give you that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. So is it mainly just Instapot air fryer? I I'm not familiar with soup makers at all. We don't really use them over here. Um, well, the soup maker, um, we've just upgraded ours because we had the same one because all our readers had it, but it was absolutely rubbish and I couldn't stand it. So when it decided to break on me, <laughs> right in the middle of a big batch of soup, I was like, I need an upgrade. So I went and got um, the Ninja Foodie version because it's run by the Ninja foodie brand and what I was surprised to see was that um, it's popular in the US but it carries a totally different name in the US um, I think they call it a hot and cold blender in the US because I think it from a marketing point of view it would be impossible to market it to the US readers as a soup maker because they have an instant pot that does it much faster so why would they go and buy a soup maker Americans just wouldn't ever show any interest in it i wouldn't even bother trying to market a soup maker over there because they've got better but why um, i don't really understand what a soup maker is because to me a soup maker is a pot to be honest with you <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, suit maker is kind of, um, I suppose, like a blender that does hot food as well. Um, so if you think of it, you could call it an advanced blender or you could call it a suit maker with blender features. It, you, you know, there's two ways to that, really. Um, if you think about what it does, you can just um, it looks exactly like a blender. Um, you throw your soup uh, ingredients in, you know, like you would if you're cooking them on the stovetop. Mm -hmm. So think uh, your vegetables, your vegetable stock, your seasonings. And then you place the lid on it and you press it um, for soup. So you can choose between blended soup or chunky soup. And then it, it does its thing. And the Ninja one's quite uh, quite good because what it does is it blends it as you go. Uh, and it, bring, it produces great results. But um, the UK, they kind of call it as a sophisticated kettle. Um, so it's like a little pot that you boil in, the ones in the UK. So it's fantastic for kind of traveling with. You could take it to a hotel room while you were staying there. And it's just meant for soup. But the Ninja one in America that I've just got um, also has a lot of blender settings. It does sauces. It does jams. So it's kind of a bit of everything. Wow. I think my favorite, I don't know if you uh, have a favorite, but um when it comes to like kitchen gadgets that I like to like take with me and stuff, the electric griddle, I feel like is the most underrated <laughs> kitchen gadget. Um, and I was just thinking about it because I just did a video on uh, quesadillas. And um, when I was growing up, I always used the electric griddle for that because you have such a nice big surface to do it on. And you have most of yeah. them have a, uh, a drainage bin, so you don't even have to worry about like uh, like cleaning it off, like rinsing out your saute pan and like doing all that. Yeah, I understand. Do you do? Do you have a uh, like a favorite, like best review? Favorite. <laughs> favorite brand. I use. Uh... I would find it very difficult to choose between the air fryer and the instant pot because I love them both. I use them a lot each day, but as far as blogging, I've written uh, 100 recipes for the air fryer, but I've only done about 150 instant pot. Um, the air fryer more, and because we had accommodation there, uh, so we had an oven and everything else already, we actually took the soup maker with us because it was ideal for us at that moment because we could blend her baby food in it so I could get a, a fresh fruit and vegetables from the Spanish market and then they could go in the soup maker and she had baby pureed food. So I took that at that time, uh, but every other time I've been on vacation since, I've taken the Instant Pot with me just because it can do a bit of everything and then I've probably put inside the, uh, use the space in the Instant Pot to add a steamer basket and my hand blender just so that if I was doing some, I could quickly blend it in the Instant Pot. But it's um, it's a hard question to choose a favourite. Me and my husband were talking today and we were talking about um, if we wasn't food bloggers, then we were just the average home cook, which kitchen gadgets we would currently own. And we both agreed we would still have 
have the Philips air fryer, the instant pot pressure cooker, and the Ninja Foodie, which the Ninja Foodie is kind of um, a pressure cooker and air fryer in one. We'd still have those three, and we probably would still have the blender as well. So, you know, that those four are kind of our use everyday things. You know, it's very rare that those four don't get used every day. Um, I've recently um, planning a planning to move house so we're deciding which kitchen gadgets so the kind of things we're getting rid of is we're getting rid of our old blender because the ninja soup maker the blender on it is better than the actual proper blender that we bought and it does a much better job so why have two blenders hey so we're kind of getting rid of those you know it's a chance for a clear out uh, you know we've got three sous vides and we only need really need one so you know because as food bloggers we get sent stuff all the time you're getting sent something to review or whatever and it kind of builds up and you think to yourself why have I got so much stuff <laughs> that's a good problem to have though <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're gonna sell something or something but uh the one thing I saw on your website that I wanted to ask you about is you're cooking cakes in the uh the air fryer and um I was wondering, because I know the air fryer, it's like the pan and then the heat comes from the fan and the electric uh, grid on top. So did it take you a couple times to figure out how much cake batter to put in there so it wouldn't explode like into the fan? Um, or was it all right? I kind of, um, I've kind of had the same cake recipe for such a long time um it's it's one from an, one of those uh, you know like I, I believe they do it in the us as well where it's kind of like the flour brand brings out its own little recipe book they used to do that many years ago didn't they it was kind of a fashionable thing to do in the 60s or whatever i have one of those and i've used i've done the same chocolate cake forever and i've always found with it um that it'll just do one good layer and that you need to double the dose to be able to do two so what I did is because it was quite a small batch but um, the difficulty with the air fryer is that it's finding the correct cake pan that will actually fit in your air fryer because a lot of people have different different sized air fryers and it becomes a task when you first get it figuring out which size yours is and which accessories to then to then buy for it so I started off by measuring stuff that I already had that I was thinking to myself, well, that's seven inches. If that fits, I, I know I can go out and buy a seven inch pan. So I got a few pans and the kind of perfect size as well for doing kind of a, a deep dish pizza as well. So I used them for that too. And uh, the thing about them is, is that the air fryer, it's like that, um, even though it's great for a lot of things, it's like, you know, like when you've lived in that bad apartment and they've had that oven that never works properly and it always burns your food from the top, <laughs> you know, and you think to yourself, I spent ages making this cake batter and my cake's black, you know, it's that kind of feeling. But when you uh, put the cake in the air fryer, you have a similar problem because it does cook from the top. So, you know, it's the same issue, but you can put a bit of silver foil on top of your pan in the air fryer and you don't have a problem I've uh, found that there's lots of different uh, baking that you can do in the air fryer 
and investing in some of those little uh, silicone cups is also ideal for air fryer cooking as well. But because I cook with both the Instant Pot and the air fryer, I did an experiment and I cooked um, cakes, both homemade and box cakes in both the Instant Pot and the air fryer. And I did actually think that the cakes tasted better in the Instant Pot. It was the exact same recipe in both. And it was because it was being steamed in the Instant Pot. So it was like those yummy steamed old fashioned desserts that you buy. And I just, and I used the same box cake mix, crocker, fudge brownie kind of ones. And um, it had a really gooey center, like a lava cake when cooked in the Instant Pot. Whereas it was just a boring slab of cake when it was cooked in the air fryer. So I find that a lot of people have both an instant pot and an air fryer. And you kind of have to figure out which one of them produces the best food because there's a lot of things you can cook in both of them. Um, like, for example, um, chicken. Uh, you cook a chicken in the air fryer and it's absolutely delicious. And you get the most crispiest skin on your chicken ever. But um, with the if you do it in the instant pot instead because it's been pressure cooked the chicken is like fall apart in your mouth you know kind of like if you slow cooked a chicken but you can then transfer it to an air fryer or use an air fryer lid to give it the crispy skin so i think the chicken is better in the instant pot but it's more of an effort to do because you're putting it in you're pressure cooking it then you're getting rid of the water and then you're crisping it whereas with the air fryer you just adding your olive oil and your seasonings and you're done, you know? Well, yeah, I think, I think it, you know, Instant Pot is going to be less for roasting and more for like, I mean, I'm sure it would make a, a great curry, you know, in an Instant Pot. It's just uh, two, you know, two different things. Like, uh, I think Instant Pot is more thing like stews and soups and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, air fryer would be your more roasting and grilling. Than, you know two different yeah. techniques but the one thing that I was going to mention uh with the cakes in the air fryer is I so I used to work at this restaurant and I don't know if this is a German style cake or or where it's from but basically but I, this would be perfect for an air fryer since you're cooking from the top because we actually used yeah. to make this in a broiler where you would, it was like a layers. So you would put a thin, thin layer of the cake batter, throw it under the boiler, get it all toasted and cooked, bring it back out to another layer. And you had to do that like 50, 60 times. So to do that in an air fryer, I think that would work like, like I think it would come out amazing. I'll, I'll send you a, I'll find the exact cake and then I'll send it to you because I think it would be a really cool it the, oh yes i'd love to do that because to try to do that at home usually your broiler is on the bottom of your stove too so it's a pain in the ass because nobody wants to be squatting down 50 60 times to check this cake and uh in a commercial restaurant usually uh the broiler i guess the most famous brand is called the salamander uh so we do call them salamanders too but um it was like for me, it was up way too high. It was over my head. So to try to do this, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a challenge. So I think to do that in the air fryer would work perfect. So I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, when you think of the air fryer, an instant pot, a lot of people ask what's the difference and how do you cook in one compared to the other? What can they cook? Well, I always think of the air fryer is a fantastic replacement for the microwave, the grill, and anything that, anything that you would cook in the oven or a deep fryer uh, works very well in the air fryer. So you, uh, you baked... Um, you bake breaded chicken, for example, does very well in the air fryer. Um, you know, you you could take your favourite sheet pan dinner and transfer it to the air fryer as well. That's another popular thing to do. Like having fajitas. So I like having an air fryer and an instant pot because you can be um, cooking uh, wonderful chicken in the air fryer while your vegetables are cooking in the instant pot. You know, or uh, let's say you're going the other way around. You could be making stew in the Instant Pot and you could be uh, cooking some homemade dinner rolls in the air fryer. You know, they, they kind of work very well together. They're, they're, like, um, they're like the perfect pairing as far as kitchen gadgets are concerned, especially in our house. It's very rare we cook dinner and we just use one of them without using the other one. Sorry about that, guys. We had some technical difficulties. Samantha lives in the uh, Portuguese countryside, so the internet connection isn't uh, so great out there. But thank you for watching, and definitely check out RecipeThis.com for all your uh, gadget recipe needs. But also, uh, Samantha didn't have a chance to mention this, but She's coming out with a, or she just came out with a five-part uh, course on how to use the Instapot and also one on the air fryer. So if you have an air fryer and Instapot, I definitely recommend that you check that out. And I'll see you next time at Chef Grace's place.